Anyway, she goes to bed. I open up a box of apartments. I light up. I call myself a cognac. And I watch the 14 fists of McCluskey. What a picture. Yo, homie, is that my briefcase? Couldn't start asking the right fucking questions. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a rum and rant, a very, very special bonus episode. Today was in Australian time, the 24th of July, the day that we've just come off our amazing black hat hacker cut screening. It was so fun. Live podcasts, my partner in crime, Katie Walsh, were together again to introduce yet another alternate cut of a Michael Mann film. The first one, the Miami Nice Cut, uh, which is most definitely coming back in future screenings. But this one, the Black Hat Hacker Cut, and all one, bringing back a rum and rant classic where I have a little bit of a tipple while I'm talking to you guys. This is uh, a white Russian. Found a coffee liqueur that I did not know was hanging about, so we're getting dudish. Um, first of all, this episode is brought to you by the amazing batch of new people that have just recently joined our Patreon. Christopher Fitzpatrick, Anthony Glover, John Paul Davies, Fernando Rodriguez, Mark Lopez, Daniel Carlson, Tom Lawless, Dave Chan, the great Dave Chan, and Davindra Hardawa, Gilbert Martinez. Oh my goodness, thank you guys all so much. We've had just an explosion today. So many people have had so much fun with us on our live shows because when we do our live screenings, it's just epic chats have all jumped over onto now what we have created. Thanks to my awesome co-host of Miami Nice, Katie Walsh, a one heat minute discord with channels, a whole bunch of amazing people literally leapt over from the most fire chat on the internet straight into that discord channel. So thank you so much. So today, that's just really it. Thank you so much. If you engage with us in either discord or Patreon, I would love that. There's a few different features. If you are an existing patron and whether you're on the dollar tier or the $5 tier, Discord is everything. So just stay in touch with us there. Um, a couple of things. We will definitely be doing more live screenings, uh, live podcasts and screenings. We'll keep you posted on how they move. So thank you to, so much to everyone. Thank you so much to Joseph Sai who came back for another live screening. We were literally wearing the super duper special Miami Vice crew t-shirts that he still had his hands on to give to us. So Joseph, thank you so much for that. This is a special conversation that I was having with one Donal Logue. Now, you guys, uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, Zodiac Chronicle features Donal Logue because obviously the great Donal Logue is in Zodiac. I was so pleased to talk to him. He was an amazing chat and gave us such amazing insights, guidance, you know, memories about his experience making that film for us to share with you. That conversation went for hours, right? It went for so long. So what I've been doing is going back and mining some of those things for you guys to listen to. The next little segment on this very bonus Roman rant, um, or White Russian and rant as it is tonight, is me talking to him about a sliding doors moment uh, with Elias Codius. And then Donald just starts offering stuff up about his own sliding doors moments on Thin Red Line. And then a sliding doors moment with Vin Diesel to get himself onto Reindeer Games from John Frankenheimer, who is another one of our guys. So thank you so much. You're absolutely the greatest. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Take a listen to this. It's going to be a short one, but oh my God, is it absolutely chock full. Next Friday, as we do every single Friday, you will have another episode from Roxana. 
Hadadi and I talking about Michael Clayton. That just won't be Roxana obviously coming up. There's so many more episodes to come. I may even put up early for you guys the uh, the first episode um, of a, a great chat with Scott Derrickson. He's actually going to appear not only as an individual bonus episode in the main feed of One Hit Minute Productions, but he'll also jump into the Jimmy Khan episode. So, so much more coming. Thank you so much. Stay in touch um, on the One Hit Minute Discord, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Here now is Donald Lowe. Well, you know, this was weird. I was up for that same role. Oh, really? And I was up for the John C. Riley role, and I went back so many times for both of them that Terrence, and Terrence Malick said to me, which was kind of weird, he goes, um, and I'm not saying because, by the way, uh, both of those actors, John John C. Riley and Elias Cateas are both, um, they're if it was a grading scale they're a actors and i'm c minus you know so i would never like i've lost out parts to people like john c riley and philip seymour hoffman and it's like of course dude you're fucking <laughs> they're the best um but terrence malick said to me he goes you're too educated to play that those that part and I'm like, dude, I'm from the Mexican border, man. I'm like, and it's so crazy because <laughs> Terrence Malick and I are similar in that regard in that we are both from the Southwest, not groovy, not, you know, academic, you know, not fancy backgrounds, but we went to a fancy academic school because we like that stuff, you know? But if I only, if I couldn't play, if I couldn't play characters that weren't, necessarily educated or something i would have no career i mean like, like that's the, i'm like terrence terry you feel comfortable directing that world you know but anyway um so he felt he was he was so cool he invented a part for me just to kind of come along and hang out and i got cut from the movie like so many other people and i just ended up scuba diving most of the time on the great (laughs) the best time of my life. But yeah, I had such an amazing, um, I have such an amazing memory of that time because we were thick as thieves up there in Port Douglas. And I mean, we're just all living in these little apartments on the beach and we're hanging out and, Man, what a wild, what a wild time, Sean Penn. See, this is I you know, because I, when I'm, I'm when I see the George, I'm, I'm genuinely the George Clooney's and I, stuff like that, like they weren't, and the John Travolta's, they weren't really there during all of the big filming stuff, like the Adrian Brody and um, John C. Riley and Sean Penn, and you know the Larry Romano. Like there was a core Dash Mihawk. There was this core group of guys who were there for the run of it. And some of whom yes. were not really featured as much, but it seemed to me like there was a seven-hour version of the movie that I would gladly watch. And then there was oh, absolutely! It's like that. Uh, what's his recent one? Song to Song. There's like, or, or even um, the Night of Cups with uh, Christian Bale. It's like there's oh, these snippets with these relationships. I didn't see Night of Cups yet. 
Oh, Knight of Cups, Christian Bale's character, without no spoilers, he's got different relationships that are charted in the movie. And if you ask each of the actors that are his, his offsiders, one is Kate Blanchett, one's Natalie Portman. They're like, oh, we shot like a two hour movie about our relationship. And in the actual final cut of this thing, it's like 15 minutes. Uh-huh. You know, like it's like it could have been this 10 hour epic if he wanted it to, but it didn't work for, you know, his, his edit. It's crazy. There are two, you know, I've had some heartbreaks. One was there was a scene in Thin Red Line where it was funny. I was just coming off of Blade. And when I was auditioning for Thin Red Line, I had, I had those crazy, um, I had the braids. I, I was yes. Quinn and Blade. So I had this big red beard. Yeah. I had this <laughs> oh, you don't, Donald. You don't have to tell right. me. I'm oh, yeah. fully, yeah. we've tried no, to I keep mean, it on. We've tried to keep dude, it on I point. had like, I had the full, like I had the pony, like I just had the braids. I had the, I looked so un-World War II-like. And and <laughs> Stephen Dorff was auditioning. He was very close to Doll, the part that Dash Mihawk got. And so Dorff yes. and I, I was down there every, almost every night auditioning with people for Thin Red Line. I'd been part of Thin Red Line for years from the first get together read throughs to when Kevin Costner was kind of attached and it'd been part of my life. And then um, I'm down there and after blade, so blade, I get my arm cut off a zillion times. And so in thin red line, I'm getting my left arm cut off by this Daisy cutter bomb that hits the camp that we're in. And I tell them, Oh man, it's cool. I got my own prosthetic left arm from the movie. I'm just leaving, right? So I we do this scene where I have my arm cut off and I'm one of those, I'm I'm in that state of shock that happens when something that traumatic happens to you, you know? So I am just talking about all kinds of shit. I'm talking about my farm. I'm talking about having to get back out and harvest time and this and that. And I'm, I'm going into shock and it's with Sean Penn and John C. Riley, who have, who had been friends from the get-go. Like John C. Riley, we're no angels or whatever. His first kind of gigs were, you know, he and Sean were friends from the get-get-go. And so I have this scene with them and Sean's just slapping the shit out of me to try and get me back to center. And it was, and you're, I'm looking around and there are guys on fire running through burning cane fields. And um, it was so insane and so beautiful. And then months later, I got a letter from Terrence saying, um, I'm so sorry. I thought we could light it all by cane fire, by lighting the, but it was so underlit that you couldn't see anything in the scene. And I was like, ah, dude, that was, it was a kick. I mean, that's a scene (laughs) I wish I had back. And then another one I did for this movie. Now, now in the world of digital, just get into like, Get that stuff into a HD wonder, master and get man, someone wonder, to color correct I would, it. I wonder, God, Terry Malick has a lot on his plate. I haven't, I haven't really spoken to him in, in a long time, but you know, of course he and Vim Vendors and I are friends and we were going to do, we had this project we were doing together and it was a writer named Walker Percy who both Vim and um, Terry Malick love an awful lot because Terry was going to do uh, the movie goer, this Walker Percy novel and kind of like Kerouac on the road. It's, it's kind of like the, the novel that cannot be made into a film. It's really difficult, but um, yeah, 
But, you know, when I was in college and I wasn't, when I first went to college to university, I wasn't, I was like a junior wannabe um, politician kind of guy. And I, I wanted to go into foreign diplomacy or something. And I quickly discovered theater, smoking cigarettes, um, drinking <laughs> way too much. And I had these friends, Jeff Chase and Joe Panaccio, who lived down the hall and we would just chain smoke. And Je um, Joe had the most phenomenal taste in, in cinema. And he worked at a, he worked at a VHS place and he would just be, this is La Dolce Vita and this is that, and this is the Wicker Man and this <laughs> is, and he showed me Badlands and, you know, oh. and, but Days of Heaven was the one, Days of Heaven. Mm -hmm. Days of Heaven is, is my go-to everything. And, and, you know, Wings of Desire. And between Wings of Desire, Days of Heaven, and La Dolce Vita, I just can't think of more perfect, more, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so lost and they're timeless. And they feel like they last forever and not in a way that drags. It was, it's just this, this dreamscape that you step into, all three of those films. And so- yes. I can't say that I did anything special or there's, but I did, there were two things I did, which was unlike me when I was in university, which was I wrote, I wrote letters to whatever random address I ended up finding for Terrence Malick, for Vim Vendors, and for this group called the Worcester Group in New York, this theater company that Willem Dafoe was part of. And I'm, I said, yes. I will sweep floors, man. <laughs> I, I, will, yeah. <laughs> I will sweep floors. I just want, I just want to help, you know, and I ended up getting to that. I ended up getting to work with those guys is just, I'll never get over that. And Fincher, you know, Fincher is, and it's so cool. Like I can, I remember meeting David in the, you know, people forget that he did a lot of, he did a lot of commercials. He did public service announcements. He did Madonna film clips. Like at peak Madonna. Yeah. Someone's like, how many more times can you, can you imagine a movie being as seen as many times as a Madonna film clip from the nineties? Like more people watch that thing than almost anything. So of course, like, like you said, when people are watching the dailies for Heath Ledger and it's on fire, imagine loving the aesthetic of a film, like a filmmaker who's making a film clip, like how many calls, like, that guy's getting in the peak of the nineties to make a more film clips or B, you know, let's please go and make some movies for us because you're absolutely outstanding. And you only have to look at like Michael Bay who came up with Fincher and they're kind of like, you know, Michael Bay, like trying to do what Finch is doing in that sort of aesthetic. And, is Michael Bay you know, doing that? Uh, there's a film clip. There's a, there's a film clip that Fincher made that looks like bad boys. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like Michael Bay was like, I want, I'll, I'll have what he's having. It's like, and it's so clear that the influences are all there. I will, I will um, say one thing but, that's probably complete and utter horseshit, but I like is that I did a movie with, um, where I met, really became super tight with Danny Trejo. We had met before that and, and, and something I forgot as weirdly enough, but I did a movie with Danny called Reindeer Games that John Frankenheimer directed and yeah. Yeah, which is which is a great. <laughs> it's such a what a wild. Which is a fucking what a, wild what a weird and great fucking, movie. 
John Frankenheimer. What a fucking filmmaker. What a filmmaker and what a legend. What a fucking legend. And I'd heard something that Michael Bay is John Frankenheimer's son. Did you hear about that? That rumor? No. That there was a rumor no. that Michael Bay was John Frankenheimer's son. And I go, man, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I have no idea. It sounds like an urban Look, myth. The, the man, the man, the man who shot Black Sunday is Michael Bay's father. Like yeah. it has to be. Man. There's only fucking one guy who would crash a blimp into a Super Bowl. Oh, oh man. man, Frankenheimer. He would also do hilarious shit. Where I'm like, there was stuff that made no sense on Ranger Games, and we had to go back and reshoot it because there was like a scene, for instance, where um, Ben escapes from the hotel and. We go looking for him and he's out. It's I can't remember the particulars, but Danny and I were like, wouldn't he just fucking run off into the woods, you know? And yeah. um, I'm like, John, wouldn't he just run off? And it's like, you're trying to be helpful. Stop fucking being helpful, you know? And then it turns out months later, they're like, we've got to reshoot this thing that made no sense. And so, so on one hand, John Frankenheimer's like tearing you a new one, like stop fucking trying to be helpful. And then on other, then he's also pulling you aside and being so loving and amazing. And, and then like, we were in the middle of the craziest, biggest stuff. Like, I can't remember. There was so much pressure. And he pulls me aside one day and he goes, Donald, he goes, I have a, I have a Mercedes. There's only 16. There's only 16 they've made in the world. And, um, they have a uh, they have a special little windshield wiper that goes on for the over the over the front light and uh, mine broke and I'm such an OCD fucker I can't I can't let it go I can't and I know that my neighbor in Malibu has the 14th of this car and I've got the 16th and I break into his garage at three o'clock in the morning and I steal it and I'm like I love the fact you're telling me this story why are you telling me this you're telling me this, you know, and, and then when I left, I left Ranger games and I went to go do a movie called the Dow of Steve. And then I, I left there to go do the Patriot. And then I left the set of the Patriot in the swamps in that January to go to the Sundance where I got this award for the Dow of Steve for acting. And I was coming back from Salt Lake city from the Sundance film festival and I was home and then there was like a buzzer at my front gate and I went and it was old school Western telegram. Like I didn't even know they had telegrams anymore, you know, full stop, <laughs> full stop. And it was John Frankenheimer sending his love and congratulations. And I was like, man, John Frankenheimer was in the alley behind the ambassador hotel in his car with the door open, waiting for one of his best buddies, Robert F. Kennedy, to jump in after his speech the day Kennedy was when Kennedy was assassinated, you know. And Frankenheimer had these stories of being in his 20s and being at Madison Square Garden watching Schmeling fight. And, you know, he he directed Manchurian Candidate when he was basically a young man. With yeah, I mean, Black Sun Black Sunday which he shot, he shot at an actual live Super Bowl. Right. Who can do that? Like some of the, Who gets to do that? The, who, the, there is literally no, there would be no filmmaker, not even Steven Spielberg in the present climate that they would allow to shoot a movie at a Super Bowl that was actually occurring for the, you know, for the fact that it might distract the players or distract, you know, 
for many of the pomp and circumstance. And I'm he shot to remember that. that, too. that was Bruce Dern, right? Bruce Dern is the bad. Bruce Dern. But, uh, yeah, he's the bad guy. But, and, and but it's a you know, and also at that time he does reindeer games, which is incredible. And then you know, right around that time he does Ronin. Yeah, he had done, like, he had Ronin, done, Ronin, and Ronin, he had done Ronin right before reindeer games, and so you know good. the thing is because he had done Grand Prix, right? So. I don't think there's mm. anybody in the world that does driving better than John Frankenheimer in a movie. He's just the dude. No. God bless him, man. And, you know, I think that he, he had just gone in for like routine back surgery or something. It was so strange, the circumstances of his passing. He was, and he would admit it, and he talks openly about it or sp spoke op openly about it. You know, John Frankenheimer was this wunderkind. He directed mm. in the, in the, in Playhouse 90, they did this thing back in the, I don't know if it was the 40, the 50s, but it was black and white. It was live theater on television. And he was directing mm -hmm. that. He directed The Manchurian Candidate. He directed Black Sunday and stuff. And then he had, he was his own worst enemy. He was drinking hard. His life went kind of whoop and he got his shit together. And he had this incredible second act. Oh, yeah incredible he, his, his his second act of his career because like it's it's hard to reconcile it's one of those things on imdb that is the funnest to look at it's just like wait are you telling me the guy who made black sunday then made reindeer games it's like wait how, how did how did that happen like how did this how did this guy make these two movies he's a fascination funniest yeah, thing like, about and, reindeer um, games was i auditioned for it i met frankenheimer we got along and sometimes i don't know if these guys just like me because when you actually audition in the room you get to meet each other and you have this rapport and um, I don't know if I'm the right guy for the stuff, but I kind of got the feeling that I was, you know, I was at the audition with Max Perlick. Do you remember that guy, the character actor, Max Perlick? You got to look uh, back, man. This guy is just, Max is one of my favorite. He hasn't really done much in a long time, but he, he was in drugstore cowboy. But, I know Max Perlick. Yeah, so, yeah, I just didn't know his name. I know his face, of course. So Max I know and I Max were Perlick. hanging out. Yes. We both ended up having to go leave his house and go to this audition for Ranger Games. It looked good. And then um, I was doing Million Dollar Hotel, the Vim Benders movie. Ranger Games didn't work out. And what I'd heard is they cast Vin Diesel, who at the time hadn't really done. No, hadn't done much I don't at all. Think, Except for maybe saving. Well, save, maybe. Saving Private Ryan was 98. So yeah, it's right around that time. Yeah, so just he was in Saving off. Private Ryan because Spielberg or someone saw a short that he was in or whatever. And then, so then they called me, my baby was born on. So I had this four-year-old baby and they said, look, man, it's not working out with Vin Diesel on reindeer games. Will you, can you come up right now to this town in Northern Canada, like by Alaska? up in northern british columbia and it was so agonizingly difficult but i went up there for 10 days came back to la and then we all we were in um, vancouver for the next six months for the movie but um what a wild adventure that was with ben affleck and Charlize theron and uh, danny and gary sinise and clarence williams iii and you know just a wild and ashton kutcher in his first day on a film set and <laughs> it was so awesome man i know I, I it's funny because i've been up in the woods and i've kind of gotten away from it sounds odd but it's like it's almost like another chapter of my life was this film television kind of thing and 
Um, I, I weirdly forget that it's such a big part of my life. And this conversation brought up so much. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.